everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's May 5th. It's 2021, and we have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend? I mean, it was going a little bit better a few hours ago before the Mariners game started. I was looking pretty good, had everything right before the Mariners game, but I went 100% in on the Mariners on every single site, and I will not cash a single contest outside of the risk-free one. I will get near dead last. <laughs> Me too. Um, I'm right there with you. I, I played so much of that game, and... Man, it looked like it was going to be a really solid night. You know, Nola did his thing. He got 30, and I had Muncie and just so many um, Baltimore-Seattle guys. And um, I had I had two of the St. Louis guys, too. So that obviously didn't work out either because I was like, oh, well, DeGrom's not pitching now, and St. Louis, nobody's going to play these guys. And, yeah, that game they got They didn't even let us adjust our lineup after the game had started. Yeah, it's just yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna do better today. Like I, I'm ready. This is like two days in a row that I've lost money on baseball. So I'm ready to get rolling and back on track today. So that's the that's the name of the game today. Get back on track, make some money, and play over on superdraft.com where you can roster your favorite plays without worrying about a salary cap. Sign up using promo code grinders for a fifty dollar instant deposit alongside the 50% deposit match bonus up to $500 on your first deposit of $50 or more. So make sure you guys are taking advantage of that. Check them out over on Superdraft. They got $20, $1 quarter contests, double ups, all kinds of stuff going on right now. So um, $20 three entry max. So there you go. Like what they're doing over there on Superdraft. So make sure you guys are checking them out. Uh, Grant, let's get into it. Uh, 10 games to talk about. They have removed the Mets and St. Louis game because of the game getting postponed and playing a doubleheader. And um, I like when they remove doubleheader games. I think that's always the right call. We start with Milwaukee at Philly. It's Freddie Peralta against Chase Anderson. This game has an eight and a half total. It's currently a 135 favorite for Milwaukee. Um, what's your thoughts here on Freddie Peralta? I mean,. There's a lot of bases on the slate. He makes an interesting tournament pivot, though. Like, you got four guys up at the top that are all very, very good options. And I'm expecting him to be the lowest on him. He gets a match versus Philly. They've been striking out a pretty decent clip. That lineup is good. It's not great, especially with that Bryce Harper in there. So it's not a horrible matchup, and he's just striking out everyone. Granted, he gets a little bit, a little bit wild, walks a decent amount of guys, but uh, outside of Hoskins really not a ton of walks in this lineup so I don't mind it it was a tournament pivot being really low owned but I mean he doesn't grade out as well as the other guys probably doesn't have as much upside as the other guys because he can get a little wild and they Bieber Bueller and Darvish have all been fantastic this season so I don't hate him as a tournament pivot yeah um I don't mind Freddie Peralta here, especially if like Bryce Harper doesn't play in this game. Um, you know, that's obviously a, a much better lineup. The wins are going to be kind of crazy in this game. Um, just in general, like it's going to be like a crosswind of like 10 to 15 miles an hour. So 
I mean, I don't hate Peralta here. Like you said, we have a bunch of studs to kind of choose from, but I, I think that with his strikeout ability and, you know, facing a, a Harper-less uh, Philly lineup, like there's a lot of strikeouts here, you know. Hoskins at 30%, Miller's at 28%, Real Muto's 25%, McCutcheon's 22 like plenty of strikeout upside for Peralta, and uh, he can strike out both sides of the plate. So definitely like him as a tournament play. Um, Chase Anderson on the other side. Yelich went back to the IL um, Tuesday. So, like, obviously he's still hurt. What are we looking at here with Chase Anderson? Any interest whatsoever against this really run down Milwaukee lineup? I mean, I don't want to have any interest on him. He's not been good this season, not striking out, striking out guys, the big clip, walking guys, giving up hard contact. Like, he's not really doing anything right. But this lineup's just bad. Like, that, that's the main thing. This lineup's just bad. I don't know if I'll end up going with Chase Anderson, but I think he is a viable option just because of how bad this lineup is. Strikeups, strikeouts all the way up and down the lineup outside of Kane and Wong. Um, problem is Chase Anderson a bit worse versus righties than he is versus lefties. Gives a lot more fly balls and hard contact. It definitely gives you a little bit of upside with him. Like you could potentially put up 20 points, but his price tag at 7.8 seems like it's a little bit, a little bit too high for me to really want to play on, on the slate. I don't know. He's in play. He's in my pool. I might, if I'm max entering, I might end up with a few shares of him, but like, it's just the matchup. So, so nice. And he's just not a good pitcher though. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the cheap Milwaukee secondary stack here. So I think that's where I'm going to end up more than playing like Chase Anderson. Cause like you can go Kane, Shaw, Vogelbach. Vogelbach's 2.9, Kane's 3.2, and Shaw's 3.6. Get the two, three, four hitters against Chase Anderson with these guys being on the road and, you know, get some of those top-end pitchers that we were already talking about. Um, so I'm more likely to play, like, a secondary Milwaukee stack than I am to play Chase Anderson on this slate and, I just hope Chase Anderson doesn't have a great game. Um, what's your thoughts on the Brewers' bats? Yeah, yeah, I don't mind. And like I said, it's mostly just because of the high strikeout lineup. But Chase Anderson does give up a lot of hard contact to both sides of this plate. He's walking lefties at a pretty big clip, so the stack does make sense. Considering their price tags, and you mentioned Kane, like he's by far my favorite. Like he's a fantastic play on the slate. The guy's a legit good hitter. He gets a lot of hard contact, gets a decent amount of fly balls, and Chase Anderson – in the past year has been a lot worse versus variety. He's given up a 239 ISO, given up a 43% hard contact rate. He does strike him out at a bigger clip, but Kane's not really a huge strikeout guy. And Chase Anderson hasn't really been striking out guys a ton so far this season. So Kane's definitely the biggest one that stands out to me, but even Garcia, like Garcia has been bad. Like he's been pretty bad, but Chase Anderson's striking right. He's at a sub 20% clip so far this season. And Garcia may be bad, but he's still hitting the ball decently hard. So there's a good chance of a home run here. Um, but yeah, Kane, Vogelbach, Shaw, Garcia are all just so cheap that you kind of have to have interest in them as a secondary stack. And I don't mind full stacking them and throwing Wong in there, paying up for two aces on the slate. Um, The Phillies side, what are your thoughts here on the Phillies? Not, not, a, not a big fan. Like... Peralta can give up some fly balls and some hard contact, but he strikes out guys at such a huge clip that the majority, uh, if he does get beat up, it's probably going to be because he's just wild. He walks four guys and then 
someone hits a bomb. Like, and it's not really conducive to fantasy points, maybe a little bit more over on FanDuel than over on DraftKings, but he's not a huge fantasy point allower. I don't know what the word is. Doesn't give up a ton of fantasy points to opposing teams. I don't think he's given up more than five hits in a single outing so far this season. Milwaukee has a pretty decent bullpen, so just all around not a great spot, and those wins probably aren't going to help too much. So if you want to go with anyone, like DD would probably be the only one I'd consider, and I really don't want to play him. It's just because he's a really low strikeout guy and can get the ball up in the air. So DD is a one-off if you really want it, 3.9K in a shortstop position, but outside of that, no interest in anyone. Yeah, I don't really like them either. Um, better spots in the slate. Atlanta at Washington. We have Max Freed against Eric Fed. Um, eight and a half total. Braves opened at 128. This game, they're already at 136 here. Um, what are your thoughts on Max Freed? I mean, he's cheap, but he just did just come off the aisle. It was for a hamstring injury. So I don't know if he'll be fully stretched out. He's been off for about three weeks. Um, pitched 86 pitches before that he seems a little bit cheap and like this is a guy that is above average pitcher um so like this lineup is pretty good but he's just a big ground ball pitcher that can get a decent amount of strikeouts i kind of want to hear what his pitch count is going to be because his price tag is 6.3 is so cheap that if they're going to allow him to go 85 pitches he's definitely a guy that stands out as a good point per dollar play on the slate and solid sp2 over on dk but i just don't know where the pitches are going to be yeah, like realistically, I think this is not a bad matchup, but I'm just worried about him in general and where he's going to be um, pitch-wise. And they have enough guys in this lineup that don't strike out enough that I probably won't play Max Freed here. He's 6,300. Like, that's the problem, right? Like, he's so cheap, and you're like, oh, I really want to play him. There's um, not really good options at the cheap end on this slate. I know. I think this is a slate, like, like realistically, this is a slate you're probably paying up at both pitcher spots. And, you know, we'll obviously talk about it as we're going through these games, but it definitely sets up as, as a slate. And that's why, like, I had so much interest in Peralta, but it definitely sets up in, as a slate where, you know, I think a lot of people are going to go Bieber Darvish. And I think that is the right combo. And one of the reasons that I like the Milwaukee secondary cheap stack. Yeah. Yeah. No, right there with you. I mean, I think there is one pretty decent cheaper pitcher, but there's no one like, there is one guy that will end up playing a lot. That's in the 5k range. We'll get to that later. Um, but there's only one pitcher in the 5k range or two pitchers in the 5k range. And I'm not playing Miz. So there is some options that have some potential tournament upside if you want to pay out for some stacks at lower ownership. But yeah, like Freed is just cheap and he doesn't give up a ton of production to opposing teams. Um, Any interest here in Eric Fed? No, I never have interest in him. Don't chase the one 10 strikeout game he had randomly. There's a bad pitcher that doesn't strike out guys. He just gets ground balls. That's it. He's going to get lit up in this spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, all right. As far as the Atlanta bats go, they're, they're a top, top stack on the slate. They're just super expensive and it's going to be really hard to play them with top end pitching together. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. 
Yeah, I mean, the main guys you want to target are the fly ball guys. So Albies, Freeman, Acuna, and like you said, they're expensive. 5'8", five, 5'8", eight, five, eight, and 5K for those three guys. So outside of that, like, I don't really have a ton of interest in these other guys. Like I said, Fed's not a good pitcher, but he is because he's such a good ground ball pitcher. Um, so he doesn't give up a ton of bombs to opposing teams. Uh, he's probably going to walk a decent amount of guys. Like, this is a very patient lineup. Main thing that could end up happening is he could be out of the game fairly quickly because he can get a little wild and this team is going to be putting the ball in play pretty often. They're going to be hitting the ball hard. So even if they're ground balls, getting solid contact on it from any number of guys in this lineup. I mean, you look at this lineup overall and everyone has green hard contact numbers versus right-handed pitching. So ball's going to be put in play. A lot of hits. I don't know if it's the best thing for fantasy production outside of the main three guys in Acuna, Freeman, and Albies, but I have no problem with the stack if you can afford it. Just going to be tough to do unless Contreras is in that line, makes it, and Peche is in that lineup, because then you can kind of throw those three main guys in there along with your 3K catcher and your 2.6K uh, eight-hole bat. That's not great, but cheap. Um, Yeah, Atlanta's in a great spot. And then Washington on the other side – like Harrison Turner, Jan Gomes, like they have good numbers against lefties. Even Zimmerman is a guy that hits left-handed pitching really well. So if you're not expecting like Freed to be on his game, um, the other side, the Washington side, you know, the guys that you really want to play are all cheap outside of like Turner. And if you're stacking Washington, you're probably trying to get Juan Soto in there. He's just 4,600 and a lefty lefty. Yeah. Yeah, now Soto, if he's in the lineup, which he should be, um, is cheap. Like, he's super cheap. Turner, well, for one Soto, he's cheap, even in a lefty-lefty matchup. He's just such a good hitter. Um, and, yeah, Turner, probably a little bit too cheap at 4.7K. Like you said, uh, Harrison and um, Zimmerman, both solid versus left-handed pitching. Again, He's a big ground ball guy, so it's not the greatest matchup in the world. He might only end up going four innings just because he's coming off that IL. So it's definitely a spot you can look at. I think I'd rather go with other spots, but taking Soto, Trey Turner, and Zimmerman is like a little mini stack is not the worst way to go. Um, Moving on, we got Houston at New York in this one. Luis Garcia against Montgomery. Nine total in this one. Yankees a uh, one thirty nine favorites. Um, any interest here in Garcia? No, just just no. He's eight K. Don't know how late he'll go into the game. It's a matchup versus New York. Like this is a guy that hasn't gone over eighty four pitches all season long. Just a mediocre at best pitcher, likely a bad pitcher in a really tough matchup. There's absolutely no reason to play him on the slate. Yeah, like when you look, start looking at like his underlining numbers for the season, um, he's definitely getting lucky. His ERA is 2.7, his XFIP is 5.3. Um, so he's he's running very, very well on a lot of things right now, and eventually that's going to change. So, especially when you have a fly ball guy like Garcia is a big time fly ball guy, 52% fly balls, um, this season. So I think when you see those kind of numbers and you're facing a team like the Yankees, it's just really hard to trust him. And I know he's been really good using his slider and cutter against um, righties, but some big time regression coming um, for Garcia looking at the underlining numbers. 
And then Montgomery on the other side of this game, he's 8,600. He's a lefty going up against Houston. He's a lead against left-handed hitters, but he's very mediocre against righties, and they're just going to have too many righties in this lineup for me to have interest in Montgomery. Yeah, plus, yeah, he's 8.6K, and his leash is not long. He hasn't gone over 90 pitches so far this season. Normally gets taken around out around 80 every single matchup, so that price tag, absolutely not worth it. He's above-average pitcher, but yeah. A lot better versus lefties than righties is already a low strikeout lineup. And it's pretty righty heavy outside of Brantley and Alvarez. So I have zero interest in Montgomery. Um, yeah, Moving on to the bats here. Anything on the Houston side that you like? Altuve, Bregman, Gurea, and Guriel stand out as decent plays. Like you said, he's elite versus lefties, um, but just a mediocre guy versus righties. I mean, look at... Number since the beginning of last season, 212 ISO, 331 WOBA, gives up 40% hard contact rate. So he's just an all right pitcher versus righties, and those are some solid righties. I don't know if they're worth the pay up. I'm probably going to avoid them because then after he goes four or five innings, then you got the Yankees bullpen, which is pretty darn solid. And I'm expecting them to be ahead. So you're probably getting the good bullpen arms. So I really don't want any Houston bats. Yeah, um, I forget where it was. I'm pretty sure it was Yahoo. I don't have it up in front of me, but Bregman was really cheap on Tuesday on Yahoo. So if he's cheap over there again, I don't mind it. But definitely the righties, not the lefties in this matchup against Montgomery. I think the Yankees stack is a great stack here, Grant. You know, we're both kind of on the same page when it comes to we're, we're expecting some negative regression for Garcia and like Stanton's 4.7. Um, some of these other guys are cheap, but some of the other guys are expensive. I think this is a spot you look at stacking the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely some negative regression. We look at his numbers versus righties and 181 Woba and a 61 ISO. Yes. He's striking out guys at 24.7% clip but he's also giving up 31% hard contact and 47% fly balls. He can now get some matchup versus the Yankees, which Ursula, LeMahieu, Stan, Judge, Torres, Frazier, even Hicks, even Sanchez, if he's in the lineup, all hit the ball hard. Or Dewar, because Garcia's bad versus lefties. Like, everyone grades out super well in this spot. I mean, specifically, Stan's too cheap at 4.7K. Um, way too cheap there. Ursula, bit too cheap. Frazier is a real good cheap bat going up against a guy that gives up a ton of fly balls Stanton and judge strike out at a pretty decent clip. And so does Frazier, but most of the rest of the uh, team doesn't strike out a big clip. Like everyone in the lineup is very much in play. This is probably the top stack on the slate. Maybe, maybe second to Boston in terms of just raw points. Um, I plan on using a ton of Yankees today. Uh, Detroit at Boston. We got Casey Miz against Perez. Um, slight weather concerns in this game. This game opened at a nine total. Boston's a 190 favorites. Um, any interest here in Casey Miz? Zero. I mean, I have to ask. It's my job to bring yeah. up everybody. Um, 5x FIP, 18% strikeout rate. Really bad against lefties since the start of last season. I'm going to pass on Miz as well. Honestly, I know the Red Sox are a huge favorite here, but I think that like this isn't a spot you get trapped into playing Perez. Um, Disagree. Oh, all right. Well, go at it. Tell me why. There's not many cheap options 
it's the way that like again you there's i want to play yankees bats i want to play the atlanta bats and i want to play the red sox bats if in fact people are going to be double barreling a pitcher like perez is the guy that's most likely to put up a pretty big outing him or maybe robbie ray and he's perez is just cheaper like he may not go that late into the games he probably gets into 90 pitches if he's pitching well Going up against, I think, the worst – I think they're still the worst team in the league versus left-handed pitching. Like, Perez is just a, not a good arm, but this is not a good lineup at all. Like, everyone's kind of just terrible all the way up and down. We look at their numbers versus left-handed pitching this year, and I think they have, like, 10 hits. Like, it's it's not good. Like, they are not a good lineup at all versus lefties. Combined 40% strikeout rate versus lefties, granted, small sample size – on the season, this is just a good spot, and I don't really care. Um, I'm probably going to use a decent amount of them. It could bite me in the butt, but it's just this Detroit team is so bad versus lefties and just not a good team overall. I mean, they're dead last in WOBA, WRC plus, hard hit rates, ISO. They have the highest strikeout rate in baseball against left-handed pitching this season. They've hit two home runs against left-handed pitching this season. So your argument might actually talk me on to playing some Perez. Um, solid job, Grant. Solid job. I do what um, I do. I know I know, I know. Detroit's – yeah, by the way, 37.7% they... strikeout rate on 223 play. They have really struggled this season against lefties. Um, and even looking back to like last year, Nico Goodrum and – jones and maybe miggy numbers were okay um all right maybe i'll take a shot on perez as long as the weather holds up that that would be the biggest concern would be weather um all right any bats here that you like for detroit no i i I haven't played detroit bats all year i'm not playing on starting against lefty i think Nico Goodrum's okay at 4.1K, but I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Maybe he's cheaper on FanDuel or Yahoo or somewhere. Um, but overall, like, nothing really standing out to me um, in this spot. Like, if Nunez were, I don't know. Um, don't he, do cleared, he cleared waivers too, right? I'm pretty sure he's not even with the big league team right now. I could be wrong. Um yeah, just this is a bad lineup. And then Boston on the other side, they, they're they obviously one of the top stacks on the slate. Um, Devers might not be in the lineup, which could open up um, potentially some value here for Boston. But yeah, they they set up as one of the top stacks on the slate. Um, and if Kiki is going to bet lead off at 3.8K, um, he's definitely in play as well. Yeah, I mean, Niz just isn't a good pitcher. Detroit's not a good bullpen. Best ballpark on the slate. Like, this just lines up perfectly for Boston. And all the way throughout the game. Um, yeah, if if Devers isn't in the lineup, that's too bad because he was lining up as one of the best plays on the entire slate. Uh, but, you know what, even if he's not there, like, you can play anyone. Like, Miz has been a lot better versus righties than he has versus lefties. He's been a big ground ball pitcher, so... The righties that I'd rather target are going to be Bogarts, Martinez, Hernandez, and Renfro. Um, all guys that hit the ball in the air at a pretty decent clip. But I'll, I'll play anyone because, again, you're probably only getting three, four innings out of Miz, and then you're getting a bad bullpen because they're probably ahead. So 
the full stacks in order. The lefties are the ones you want to target or the fly ball guys. Um, but that's almost everyone in the lineup. So yeah, just hammer the Red Sox. Cause again, they're probably going to come in at low ownership because no one wants to pay down a pitching. Yeah. I think Verdugo is really strong too. Um, and Frenchie, depending on where Frenchie bats in the lineup, he would be somebody that's interesting um, as well. Um, all right, moving on. We got the Dodgers and the Cubs in Wrigley. No total in this game because it's the night before and they don't ever post totals in Wrigley. Um, Walker Bueller, um, Al- Alizé. And then um, I just always kind of look over weather and it looks like we're going to have pretty neutral weather. It's a, like five mile an hour is blowing in, if anything. Um, and it's going to be in the 50s for this game. So pretty cold day here. And uh, Walker Bueller is 9.7K facing the Cubs. Um, any interest? Yeah. Yeah. No, he was struggling to strike guys out at the beginning of the season. Uh, match versus the Cubs. Cubs are above average strikeout team so far this season. It's going to be solid pitching weather. He's cheaper of the uh, aces on the slate. And like he's probably right there with Darvish and Bieber, but he's just cheaper. I want to wait and see where ownership ends up lying. But, uh, Strikeout rates down this season, but that was mostly because the first four starts. He was just getting warmed up. We've seen this before with Walker Buehler. And now he's starting to put it together up over 90 pitches in every single game this season. Ten strikeouts, nine strikeouts the last two games, even against solid teams in the Reds and the Padres. Uh, the control has been absolutely elite. He's given up two walks on the entire season in five starts. So Buehler just grades out as one of the best plays. I honestly don't have a huge like lean between Bieber, Bueller, and Darvish. So I'm going to wait and see where our ownership's at. My guess is that Darvish is probably going to be number one, followed by Bieber, followed by Bueller. Um, so I might end up playing more Bueller than the other guys. Um, yeah, I think Bueller, depending on his ownership, is a really strong play. Like you said, we're going to have really good pitching weather in this game. Um, cold no real wind blowing out and just the Cubs strike out at such a high clip. Um, it's just, it's really hard not to like right-handed pitchers against this team right now. Alize is a really strong young pitcher, but he is facing one of the best lineups in baseball. I'm going to pass. Yeah. I don't think it's the best idea. I mean, we really don't have a huge sense of how good he's actually going to be this season. His walk rate is drastically down from, last season but he's only had one matchup that's not against milwaukee and that was against Atlanta, and he just happened to pitch very well in that one it seemed like he had control like i kind of followed along the entire game but this is a match versus the dodgers i know it's not great weather like if you want to take a shot on him in tournaments if you need someone in the 7k range he's probably third on my list but i i would probably stay away from azalea it's just it's just a tough spot yeah, I just I don't know, man. Looking at the options in this range, I don't think he's the worst tournament play on the slate. Probably not the best either, but I've got he at least else can I'd strike. Play. I, I, I know. I'm just saying, like he yeah. can at least strike people out, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that's one thing that he has going for him. But interested to see um, who you kind of have coming up here. Um, any interest here in the Dodgers bats? Nope, not not really. Like the Dodgers are always in play in tournaments, but it's not great weather. Um, Azalea's so not expensive. Yeah, they're expensive. Azalea's not a bad pitcher. Like 
there's no way to make this stack cheap. Like at least with the other ones we've talked about, like there are cheap bats in the Yankees lineup. There are cheap bats in the Braves lineup. There are no cheap bats in the Dodgers lineup. It's going to be tough to pay for them and get all an ace pitcher on here. I don't think so. Like Asley again is not a bad pitcher. It's just, this is a tough matchup. So I, I don't have any real interest in the Dodgers. Yeah, just the weather's not going to be great, and they're expensive. And the Cubs on the other side, like, everybody you'd want to play from the Cubs is over 5K. Um, and they're facing Bueller. I just hope this game goes, like, 3-1, 3-2, and just nobody beats me from this game. Yeah, and I think that's the most likely outcome. We hope so. Uh, we got Texas at Minnesota. We have um, – <laughs> I'm just going to call him Yang. I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name. Um, and then Thorpe pitching for Minnesota in this one. It's There's no lineup for this game yet. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens with that. Um, we'll start here with Yang. Any interest in him in this spot? Nah, he's cheap, but he's not going to go late into the game. Nah, he's just not going to pitch. Like these are gonna be bull- this is going to be a bullpen game on both sides. Um. Go to the other side, Thorpe, like you said it. Um, we don't really expect him to pitch too deep into this game. Um, it was supposed to, I think it was supposed to be um, Pineda. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this guy's going to get called up. He's not going to pitch deep. He'll probably throw, like, 50, 60 pitches. And um, if he was going to pitch deep into this game, he would be super interesting just because of his price and the matchup. But if we get any kind of clarification, maybe, but I don't think he's going to pitch deep enough in this game. Um, I'm probably out on both pitchers here. Yeah, I'm sure I'm out on both pitchers. Texas is super cheap. I don't know if you saw that. I, um, yeah, I'm. A, they're my favorite stack, like favorite mini stack, favorite four man stack on the entire slot. They're really, really cheap, and like everybody that you want to play for Texas is cheap. Like everybody. All right, like I tweeted out. During the Texas and Minnesota game, my internet went out. So I'm going to finish this solo. You guys kind of heard that, you know, Grant really liked Texas bats. This is a great spot for them. Going up against Thorpe, we don't really expect Thorpe to pitch long. So you definitely can target the righties and lefties in this spot. These prices are fantastic on Texas. Like Solak is one of the most expensive guys. Low is 3,600. Gallo is 3,100. Garcia is 3K. Um, they're definitely one of those stacks kind of up there with Milwaukee as a value stack where if you do want to go two top-end pitchers, you can. Um, Texas definitely helps to make that um, work. So I like them a lot here. And don't get scared of the lefty-lefty because Thorpe, is likely not going to pitch too deep into this game, maybe 50, 60. I would say 75 pitches would probably be his max here. And, um, yeah. And then on the other side, the Minnesota side of things, you know, Yang pitching here, 15% K rate since the start of um, the season against righties. We really don't have uh, a lot of sample size from him. But he's facing a team here with a lot of righties, Buxton, Donaldson, Cruz, Garver. Um, Just all these righties are going to give him a fit. And obviously, I think they're one of the 
top stacks on the slate when we're looking at just overall price here. So Donaldson, Cruz, Cruz against the lefty. Buxton has great numbers against lefties since the start of last season. Polanco's going to put the ball in play. Garver gives you some upside at catcher. They're expensive. Um, you definitely could game stack this game or find a cheaper secondary stack to make Minnesota work, but I do think they're a team you want to get some exposure to on this slate. Uh, moving on, we got Pittsburgh at San Diego. Brubaker against Darvish. This game has a six and a half total. San Diego is a 258 favorite. Uh, big favorites here for Darvish. This should be a spot that he pitches really well. Um, Brubaker has definitely shown that he is not a bad pitcher whatsoever. And, you know, we kind of look at his pitches and he really, I think the max he's thrown this season is 83 pitches. So I'm more worried about just how deep He's going to pitch into the game. The matchup is kind of tough here. I think he's one of the very few tournament options that if you want to go cheap SP2, that makes a little bit of sense. Um, you know, this team is just really good. You know, you look at the lineup and Machado, 15% K rate, Hosmer, 16%, Cronenworth, 14% Profar, 14%. There's some strikeouts um, with Tatis and Gresham and Myers, but there's also a ton of power there as well. So a lot of risk by taking Brubaker here. And that's kind of built in the Vegas line too. Six and a half total though. Um, Darvish, he's definitely one of the top pitchers on the slate. It's a great matchup going up against Pittsburgh. He's... Pitching well recently. Thirty strikeouts um, over his last three starts. Thirty-six point eight percent K rate against righties since the start of last season. Twenty-seven point six against lefties. Swinging strike rate at thirteen point one percent. And you look at this Pittsburgh lineup, and it it's a really bad lineup right now. Like the guy you're worried about in this lineup the most is Colin Moran. There's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. This is not the Pittsburgh team we're used to over the last couple of years. So I definitely want to try to play Darvish. I would really like to play him and Bieber together. Um, I'm about to talk about Bieber here in a second. But as far as like the Pittsburgh bats, I have zero interest whatsoever. If Darvish gets rocked here, I still don't think it's going to be on the back of like a lot of home runs. As far as the San Diego bats go, I don't think they're bad plays, but when you start considering the pricing on like Tatis and Machado and trying to get in some pitchers plus the matchup, it's kind of tough. Um, Brubaker is a guy that generates a lot of ground balls against righties. He does not give up a lot of hard contact against righties, so the two potent line, the bats in this lineup really are Tatis and Machado, and he has the pitches to kind of limit those guys. So I think I'm out on the Padres today. 
Unless you want to do like a lefty stack and that's not the worst option, I guess. Cleveland at Kansas City. We got Bieber and uh, Singer facing off against each other here. This game's sitting at a seven total. Um, 167 towards Bieber and Cleveland. We knew kind of that was going to happen. Um, You know, as far as starting with Bieber here, Sorry, yawning, and I'm trying not to do it on on mic. Um, I'm not a morning person. It's so funny. I'm not a morning person, and I've been hosting a podcast called The Morning Grind for like five years now. Anyway, Bieber, 39.9% strikeout rate since the start of last season, 2.35 XFIP. He's just a fantastic pitcher. There's really not a lot of bats in this lineup that you're really worried about. Santana. Merrifield, Benatendi, Perez, Soler. They're all good in certain matchups, but this is just a matchup where Bieber is really good against righties, so he takes away Merrifield and Perez, Soler, and I'm not too concerned about these lefties. So I think Bieber is the top pitcher on the slate. I'll be trying to play him and Darvish together a lot. Because I, I really do think that's just the way to approach this slate is just to play, pay up for both of these guys and play one of these cheaper secondary stacks, punt catcher, and call it a day. On the other side, Singer's 5.5K, and he's definitely shown some strikeout ability. The problem with Singer in this spot is Cleveland's patient and that always concerns me playing pitchers against them because they walk a lot and they can really work counts. And, you know, when you start getting up into those pitches, pitch count wise, it gets tough. And I don't think Singer is the worst option on the slate. I think he's one of the better 5.5, like in that range, if you just want to play a really cheap SP two to get, you know, one of those like stacks that we were talking about earlier. I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, if you're trying to get like Atlanta or New York or Boston and you and you just need that cheap SP2, I think that's where you would look at a guy like Singer and just kind of hope it works out. Uh, as far as the Cleveland Bats go, you know, looking at pricing for them, Ramirez is always my favorite. But he's 5.7K. It's going to be really tough to kind of fit him in there. I think if you're looking at a Cleveland bat, like Rosario is 3.7K. He has really good numbers against righties since the start of last season. I would go like Rosario Reyes um, type of lineup build here. And, you know, maybe that would open up playing Ramirez. Um you know, Naylor is somebody that we're just waiting for the power. We know he has a ton of raw power. And if you wanted to throw him into like a three-man stack, I don't hate that idea. I was trying to see. It's 3.3K. That's not bad. On the Kansas City side, just kind of like Darvish. If Bieber gets rocked, I really don't expect him to get blown up here. Um, so I'm I'm out on Kansas City bats. I think 
there's plenty of ways to go on the slate. Um, and this is just not one of them. So moving on, we got the Rays and the Angels. No total in this one. I'm going to refresh really quick just to see if there's a total yet. No total in this one. Um, it sounds like it could potentially be Yarbrough pitching for Tampa. And then on the Angels side, it sounds like it's going to be Otani. He's not currently in the player pool for pitchers. Um, we'll see if they add him or not. But yeah, as far as Yarbrough goes, I don't have a ton of interest in Yarbrough. Really low strikeout guy against a team that doesn't strike out a lot. So I, I think that's the biggest concern when playing Yarbrough in this spot. And then on the other side, Otani. If he gets added to the player pool, it will, one, depend on his price because he is a big strikeout guy that's going to walk a lot of people. And this is a team that is a big strikeout team. Tampa strikes out a ton. So, depending on Otani's price, he could really open up the slate if they add him. So, We'll see if they do add him or not and what they're going to add him price-wise. But I do think he would be very playable in the eight range just because of how this slate kind of sets up. Um, And just looking at... Yeah, Fandel doesn't have him either as a pitcher on the slate. So it will be very interesting to see if if sites add him as a pitcher or not because he would be very playable in this matchup. Uh, as far as the Tampa bats go, Otani walks a lot of people and gives up a lot of hard contact. So taking a shot on like a Rosarina at 4K... Meadows at 3,400. I don't think it's like the craziest idea. You could even throw Lau in there and and try to get like a three-man stack going. But I really do think like Tampa would be better served as like cheaper one-offs in this spot. And as far as the Angels go, going up against Yarbrough, um, obviously Mike Trout is in a great spot here. He's expensive, but I think he's worth it. On top of Trout, you can definitely look at Rendon if he's in the lineup. Um, but the guy that, if he's back in the lineup, um, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. Justin Upton is 3.1K um, in this spot against the lefty. So I really like him as well. He has great numbers against left-handed pitching. And then um, if Stassi catches, he's one of my favorite punt catchers on the slate, 2.7K. Really like that price for him, and, you know, I like to save money right catchers. So um, we'll definitely be looking at Stassi. And just want to kind of see what we're looking at overall as far as, like, the lineup for the Angels um, with them just dealing with some banged-up guys right now. We, uh, We finish it out with Toronto at Oakland. This game has an eight and a half total. It opened as an eight and a half total. It's down to eight. Um, 
Oakland is a 128 favorite here. We have Robbie Ray going up against Bassett's. Um, as far as Robbie Ray goes, really high walk rate, just is struggling with command. Um, he's 7,200. I don't think he's the worst play on the slate. He's pitched well um, in the last couple starts, but I think overall this is a guy that I'm going to stay away from. He went from walking nine guys in his first two starts to zero walks in his next two starts. And when we're looking at like just this season, his XFIP and Sierra are almost two runs higher than his ERA. So a lot of the, you know, obviously some regression potentially coming here and like Oakland is just a very right-handed heavy offense and Robbie Ray, 381 Woba, 272 ISO, 47% fly ball rate, 47% hard hit rate, um, only a a 14% soft contact rate against righties. So I think think old Robbie Ray is in for a tough matchup here against Oakland. And then Bassett on the other side of this game, he's solid. It's just not the greatest matchup. You know, when they've added like Springer back into this lineup, we'll see obviously if he's back in the lineup or not. But Teoscar Hernandez is healthy again, too. This lineup is really strong um, up and down. There's a lot of upside in this lineup in general. So it would be very interesting to see um, how this lineup kind of shakes up. But yeah, this is a, it's a tough spot for Bassett. And. If I'm paying 8900 for Bassett, honestly, I'm probably going to find the $600 for Peralta or the $800 for Bueller. Like, I'm likely going to build a lot of my teams around like Darvish, Beaver, Bueller, Peralta. Uh, as far as the Toronto bats go, I never hate stacking Toronto. Uh, I think they're always a stack that you're looking at on each and every slate just because of the upside throughout the whole lineup. And they have some cheaper pieces now, too, that make the stack work. Like Teoscar Hernandez is 4K, Gritchick is 3,800, Biggio is 3,500. So definitely don't mind the Toronto stack in this game. And then on the Oakland side, like Loriano is expensive, but Mark Connors, 4,500. Chapman is a fantastic price at 4,500. Um, Murphy, if you want to pay up a catcher is 4,300. So don't mind him. If you want to save some money, you got Piscotti at 2.8 K. Uh, he's another one. Olsen and a lefty lefty. Nobody's going to play Olsen in this spot, uh, because of lefty lefty, but he's fantastic at 4,200. He's somebody that can hit lefties with power. So yeah, I, I like, I kind of like the Oakland stack here. They're definitely standing off, um, the board here to me. All right, playing the morning grind game and then getting out here so I can get this thing posted. Um, trying to get it posted by 9 a.m. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Um, this one's tough. There's not a ton of options down here. I think, like, I would honestly go, like, singer and just kind of go all the way down. Over 8K to score under 15. Um, I'd go Montgomery. It's just a really tough matchup against Houston. He's a good pitcher, but it's a tough matchup, so... Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Give me Freddie Freeman. Really like the Braves today. Under 4K to get two hits. Give me 
Lorenzo Kane. Stack to score six or more runs. Give me the Brewers. I think it's the first time I've said that all season. And if there's any bets standing out to me. Um... I would probably go. I think, honestly, I think a lot of the lines are right today. But again, I, I like, I like the Brewers against Chase Anderson with Peralta pitching. So Brewers minus one thirty-five, I don't think is a bad option. Um, and like, if you trust Max Freed a little bit. You can get Braves minus one and a half for plus 120 right now. So I don't think that's a bad one either. But that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. Um, sorry again about having internet issues. I waited um, a while to really cut it off, but you know my internet wasn't coming back on. So that's going to wrap it up. Hope everyone has an awesome Wednesday. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you guys again on Thursday.